0: I'm David Bolt. I'm Richie Mackay. And you are listening to the Wrong Bias Bowls podcast. On today's show, we have Ian Richards, who is the General Manager of South Shields Indoor Bowling Club, talking bowls on and off the green.
1: In the Vipers, what's all that about?
0: Right then, Mr Mackay, so this is our first show, so I don't know if you want to um, explain to those who are listening why we've decided to do this.
1: Well, who would have thought it, meant Me and you sitting here talking a load of old balls. <laughs>
0: eh,
1: the, the reason for the podcast, it's something I've always Fancy doing, but haven't had the inclination to do it. I feel that if, if football can have a podcast, cricket can have a podcast, why can't bowls have a podcast? And I just needed somebody to say, right, how I, I'll come in, come on board with you. And you were good enough to come on board because everybody knows Davy Bolt. But hopefully people will enjoy it, get the information out there, we'll get interviews and what have you.
0: Well, just to give those out there who may or may not know you, I know certainly everybody around the northern counties probably know you really well, Richie just to give everybody an understanding of what you do, which is instrumental in providing bowls updates all around the county on behalf of Durham County, the northern counties, and locally in Sunderland. Uh, he's done it for many years and provides an absolutely outstanding um, the service you provide you do it in your own time it's um it's for your lover balls and it's very rare especially outdoors during the county season if there's if there's finals happening it's very rare we don't see you there um and you get a lot of thanks via the facebook page and website for for the service you do provide and the stories that you provide for for the local Sunland echo um and for the website so yeah it's much appreciated and from my point of view i just thought this was a great opportunity I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's been done before I certainly don't think there's anything like this at the moment um and I, and I do think there's an audience out there there's a lot of people who tune in to, to watch balls on facebook if it's coming from wherever the wbt or australia um, so people are interested People wouldn't turn up to watch bowls matches if they no, were no, no. So I'm sure this is an opportunity for us to just give people around the country and a, potentially around the world, as a, a few people have tuned in with regards to the Facebook page, and just let them know what's happened on a on a weekly basis in the bowls world.
1: Yep, quite agree, great quite agree. Hopefully, hopefully people will enjoy it. If they don't enjoy it, they just switch off. Something Absolutely, sad, you know what I mean. If it, if you if you think it's just going to be boring old bowls, well, mm. but uh, no, we'll try to make keep it upbeat and. Hope hope everybody enjoys it.
0: What we will be doing on the podcasts, um, we do plan to run every fortnight, so these will be going out every Friday, but I do believe we're going to do one for next week, I believe, just to have the two intro um, podcasts, just to keep people up to tune with what we're doing. And... Literally, to give an understanding, what you know, part of the podcast is going to be having a regular guest on the show. We're going to be giving regular updates with regards to um, the national competitions, worldwide competitions, local competitions. If there's any clubs who want to contact us, either by the Twitter page, which we'll give the details out later on, the Facebook page, or comments, uh, sorry, via uh, our email address, which is wrong.bias at hotmail.com. Um, please feel free to contact us. We will try to do our best to put as much on as what we can, and part of the podcast as well. We will be running a competition. We've got to say huge thanks to Alex Marshall Sports, who has basically. I spoke to Alex, and he's completely on board with this type of thing. I've been lucky enough to work with Alex recently over over the last couple of months, and Alex really wants to push this sport in the direction um of where Australia are taking it. And he regularly visits over there, and he sees. You know, a, a huge opportunity here for this podcast and he's been great to support and will be providing prizes um, for each one and we do have one of those for our first podcast today as well so we'll give you details of that later on. And on today's show we've got Ian Richards who is the General Manager of South Shield's Indoor Bowling Club and we've invited him along here today just to tell us all about the club on and off the green, and uh, obviously, South Shields have now um, named themselves the Vipers, so we're quite intrigued to find out what that's all about. Welcome to the show, Ian. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thanks very much for inviting us for the first uh, podcast.
0: So, Ian, um, tell us how long have you been not so much manager of the club, or tell us, uh, give us a, a, bit, a bit of a, a roundup, really, of how you came to the club, what you've done since you've been here, and how you ended up being general <coughs> manager. I've been a member of the club for about
2: 14 years, I think it is. Um, For the last five, that five years ago, I think I took on the role of secretary. Myself and a few others had a vision that we wanted to take the club forward from where it was. So I got a sport a few people, tried to get them involved. Some got involved, some didn't get involved. And then, as I say, that was five years ago. uh, And we've gone from a a pretty weak position, I would say, financially five years ago, to a very healthy position now.
0: So you must be pretty proud of, obviously, looking at where you are today, to where you were, because, you know, most people (coughs) won't know. But it's no secret of the fact that the club were in a a pretty dire dire situation when you did take over the club. So it must be nice to to see where you are now and, and see how far the club's actually come.
2: Yeah, it is um, financially. Obviously, that's great. You, you do have a lot of things that people don't realise that you're involved with when you when you're, you're running the place. We're currently looking at you know things like the roof and guttering on the building, which is going to cost a substantial amount of money to to have repaired. So we do a lot of things that you know most members won't even know. You know we're looking at on the playing side. We've gone from being a very average team I would say when I first started. Uh, we did have some good players then but not enough good players to be able to compete at the competitor, you know what I would say is a high level. Um, and obviously over the last five years we've built up a really strong, what I would say a really strong squad of players, both men and women. So much so that obviously we uh, we won the Denny Plate two years ago and we, we did really well in, in all the games leading up to that. Um, and then we had the Denny Cup final last year which was as you know was absolutely a fantastic experience. We didn't actually lose the final. We drew the final, and then we lost it on an extra end. So we've gone from being, you know, average to uh, to having a really good squad of players.
0: Yeah, being being part of that situation, being part of the the whole build up over the the last few years, I think we're, people are sort of across the country now understand that we've sort of done things very differently. Um, we had a we had a discussion a few years ago. What what can we do to stand out from the crowd? Pretty much so that we're, you know, we're, we're taking the club forward, and we came out with. Those red and yellow shirts that went yep. down went down a storm with everybody at first. As we, yeah, as the we bought the red trousers, we thought about going for as well, but <laughs> the general response was that we'd look like a, a bit of a post box. I think.
1: We're on, the, are, yeah, we're on, on the other side from, from me not being a member of your club. It was it was good to see you do it to take a chance yeah. to go from the traditional grey and white, boring, boring, boring. boring. To, to go coloured, and I think other clubs were probably envious, jealous, maybe. Save would that be too? I think it's probably a, a good comment, and I do think there are
2: some people out there that are like that, but you get that in anything, don't you, yeah, where you've yeah. got
0: a little bit of success. We did. We did take a bit of a big chance, actually, didn't we? Because we sort of we knew we would get backlash for it. We knew people would say, "What is that top all about?" And and we did. I mean, you know, we're walking into clubs and you people turning around and you know, just just silly little comments really about, yeah. "God, have, you, have we got our sunglasses with us to watch this game and things like that." But on the positive side, from us. We took that chance because our way of looking at it and thinking was I'd far rather they were talking about self-shaved Indoor Bowling Club than not. And exactly. that yeah. the, the best part about it was those who thought they were actually putting us down were actually giving us the ammo to actually push on us. and go yeah, well, further.
2: Yeah. I always remember when we turned up in Nottingham for the final of uh, the plate and one of the lads came out and said, Jesus, you're business, don't you? Everywhere we went, I think everybody made a comment on the shirt, didn't they? Yeah. And the most of the time, people were quite... Good about yeah. you know, good about it. And what I would say
0: is that we never lost a game in two years wearing those shirts. Absolutely, yeah. So it was a, it was a last end, last well, an extra end in the in the Denny Cup as the is the only game we've lost in that Denny Cup format over over yeah. the last couple of years. But you know, it wasn't. It was no secret of the fact that even our own club members, there was two or three of our own club members. The first day I took them out of the bag, they went, "You are having a laugh, aren't you?" We're yeah. not wearing them. Yeah. But then, as we said, we said, "Let's just we had two or three months down the line. I bet they're coming up and saying." I uh, have a shirt. I've actually bought them, and, no, it was, no. and it was a massive. I think it was a massive culture shot. Even I looked at first, and it looked slightly different to the design that we'd first gone for. It was, you know, the circles that were on them were quite prominent, so it, it didn't look like the blended effect that it had on the shirt. But mm. then the difference was was when the team was actually on the green, yeah, and you were looking from the back of the green and looking at this team, all across and it, we just stood out and just looked, yeah. in my opinion, looked great. And I was I was commenting yesterday when the women were playing the Yetten game. They wear, they wore their tops because some of the women haven't got the the new tops that we'll move on to in a second. But again, I says you know I, I still think those tops look really good on the green.
2: No, they do. You, I just when you looked at the like,
1: I mean, ladies yesterday, it looked it looked you know it did look really good when you see them all playing together on the green. So would you say you've still because with any anything change is a dirty word in life generally. So would you say you've still got a few members that's sort of like, mm, stuck in the ways? We
2: have, I um, but I think they are a lot more open. To us doing different things now than there were five years ago, for example, um, you still get the odd. You know, you know, I, I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't wear that shirt, yeah. and they'll wear a white shirt. You know, the vets, probably 95% of the vets want to wear a shirt, five percent don't. So because five percent don't. Yeah, they're not wearing the yeah. shirt. So it's a matter of changing people's minds. But sometimes when they're very set in their ways, I think it's very yeah. difficult to do. Yeah.
0: And that's sort of a, I think, epidemic's the right word to use across the country because obviously the, the development job that I do, that's that is the the one crux of every single club you go into. With the same words you always hear is, but that's the way we've always done it. But the way we've always done it is seeing the sport not progressing the way we want the sport yeah, to progress. Exactly. And you know, this leads on perfectly to what you know what we're taught and, and what we introduced you with, with with regards to the to the Vipers' thoughts, um, obviously I know I know about it. We talked about it, but from your own point of view, do you want to just give an understanding as to as to why we decided to, to go along with something called the South Shields Vipers rather than just your bog standard South Shields indoor bowling club? I think again
2: there was there was some mixed feelings about it when we discussed it last year. Uh, in the club, within the club, but the majority of people again were happy to go with it, and that everybody had a choice and an, an opinion on it. Um, we, the idea really is moving is kind of linked with the orange shirts that what we wanted to do was attract new younger people to the to the sport and to the club, and the vipers changing to the to actually to the vipers, you know, with a bit of support from the uh, EBA as well. Um, we've we've gone with it, and I think the shirts are absolutely fantastic. And the comments I got yesterday from the away team, yeah. Said the shirts were fantastic. Did they? I
1: didn't hear that yet. Yeah, no, I think they look great. I think they, the, the new shirts look tremendous. I must admit, when I first seen them, I thought of the PDC darts, but I think they look tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we have to I move the I club do, yeah.
2: forward, and, and to, to move the sport forward, you're not going to get young people coming in, you know, wearing a white shirt, great. and I that's think it's never going to happen.
0: You've just hit the nail on the head, Richie, and you you've just sort of said the words is exactly how we are trying to look at this, which is the PDC. Look at the BDO. Ten years ago, yeah. there was steel. It was the same old, same old. It was a complete sort of amateurish organisation where, you know, the, the darts players, you look at darts players now today, and we're not saying that, you know, it would be nice to think that in five, ten years time, there was a PDC style of balls. And I'm sure there's a lot of people talked about it in the past. And, you know, we are trying to do different things but I think you have got to use that PDC model because somebody takes something which was literally a pub sport where they're yeah. sitting chucking some darts and now you're playing in front of 4,000 people in an arena so from my, from my point of view all all sort of what you would class as the smaller, smaller sports need to look at that blueprint and say how do we take the next step to get to that level um, and it is a small thing and it's it's nice to hear that the away team we were playing against yesterday actually made them comments because they were one of the first ones who criticised the red and yellow so just it just shows how people opinions potentially change over a period of time and like we've said about our own club members hopefully they are now starting to understand that we're not just doing this as a whim and it's not just something we're just looking out in the air there's a long-term sort of strategy to try and to try and move it forward we are hopefully we'll always be known as the first club in the country that has branded (coughs) and become something different than just the bog standard balls club and i I would i'd be gobsmacked i really would be gobsmacked if you don't see another five or ten clubs follow us over the next season or two and um, Peter Thompson the AIBA was really really supportive of what we did and I think because he is very you know very much looks at the future as well and he sees that's possibly the way we've got to go and, and I think it is so yeah so it's um, it has it has been a, a really really positive thing for the club I think.
1: So was it kind of based on an Australian model because I know the Australians all have these named kind of names or did you sort of take it from there or I think well, Dave was out there, obviously um,
2: in the Commonwealth Games, and I think you saw a lot of stuff out there that you, that you thought we should, you know, we could bring back to the game here, and that was uh, one of the things, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: I mean, their outdoor clubs are sort of—I wouldn't say they're better than. Well, yeah, potentially a lot of them are better than, but our indoor clubs, you know, sort of match them with regards to the facilities and the stadium that we have, etc. But just it's simple things. It's like walking Broad Beach Bulls, was where the. Um, Broadbridge Bowling Club who were known as the Bulls was where the Commonwealth Games was being held and as soon as you walk through the doors there's like a life-size bronze bull as you're walking in And and then you walk past the club shop that is selling the club shirts and club hats and caps and and it's just you you walk into it and it's it's the it's the equivalent of us walking into our local premier league league one whatever football club and walking past the club shop and that's how they treat balls out there so again i've always sort of tried to push especially talking with ian and you know a lot of the lads it's like we are miles behind and we've got to try and catch up in some respects um, and it, like i say it's only a small step but it's hopefully one in the right direction Inside.
1: yeah, you've obviously touched it a bit up. I compare you at the minute to the Cumbria. The Cumbria the lads like Steve Farish, Steve Ertz, Stuart Harry, that era. Yeah. And I think you have got the youth on your side, you've got the the spirit there. Can you see yourselves doing a Cumbria? And and go on and dominate a little bit? First of all get your second national title under your belts.
2: Yeah, I'd like I'd like to think so and that's the ambition of everybody in the in the squad. Um we've got you know, I don't know what everybody's Impression is of, of what we are As a squad of players But I can I can tell you I was, I was discussing this yesterday With a, a couple of lads um, From Durham We've got a squad of players That everybody Plays for each other Everybody gets on well We've got absolutely no clicks At all in this club Um we were criticised actually um, a couple of years ago by one of the members to say that what's going to happen is you're going to end up with clicks uh, in the club, and we haven't got any whatsoever. We've got a really good set of lads. Everybody gets on well, as I say. We all play together in the leagues, and we all you know have a bit of banter with each other when we're playing. But the quality of the players is just phenomenal. And to you know to get a place in the team, well, if you get a place in the team, you're happy. You have got a place in the team, and it doesn't matter where you're playing. either. So. I think that's
1: that's going to be your problem, keeping everybody happy if they're not getting the game and why is he playing them. Bloody bright. You've seen it in other clubs. You get a lot of good players together and it, it ends up just self imploding. I mean, you've seen it at Stanley a few years ago. You've seen it, I've seen it at Sunland a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's probably the thing that you've got to guard
0: against. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's for myself. I, I've worked with Ian and, and Phil, who's always also on, um, and Stuart, who we sort of talk all the time about the team. And we've always said this, this season. Then in my last season in the Denny Cup final, we were five players short due to not being able to attend. The couple over in Hong Kong. Kong etc etc so there was actually five players who potentially would have been in that team who got beat who didn't play and then we've added Phil Smithson and Paul Hartley to the party this year so you're saying there's seven we've got to now fit into a 16 man team so it's all very well to have all of these players but keeping that morale is is going to be the hardest thing but we cannot do any more than, than basically say you know we will do our best to pick the team that's right. I think the biggest bonus from this club is we've got a, a group of players who've gone sort of full circle quite a lot of us started together when we were 10, 11, 12 year old all went our separate ways different clubs different avenues going jobs never played again whatever it was and then all of a sudden over the last 3 or 4 years just everybody's come back together haven't they and it's yeah. like we've all, we've all sort of come back as this this team that never was back then but we all got on really well so it's just like a bunch of mates coming back together and having a reunion and that's exactly no, how it it's is. felt over that's the last way to describe it, It's it's just been tremendous and I agree with you completely about the Cumbria um, blueprint because I've always said their team was built on absolutely 16 top players yeah. but you look at that team and what made that team what it was was the second men and I, and I try to drive this over and over and over people think as the second position has been this we'll just chuck the Mark the I, mark we'll, mark I, lovely card. We'll lovely we'll just chuck the one in there who would just want to try and keep out the way and we'll cover <laughs> it up, up with a lead in the third and right. just you know give them a game but the seconds in our team for me are the ones that will kill games off because if they're backing the leads up and you're dominating heads from early doors then you're laughing so it's it's, it's been quite hard especially some of the younger lads they don't get it they want to be playing the glory shots they want to be playing the big balls but every single position like Ian said in our rink is is vital um, and that's why I think we're doing what we're doing at the moment but um, yeah I mean within the club as well some little thing leading on to the next one which is my little um, going to be my little fort here for every every guest that we have on we do in Shields which we've promoted quite a, quite a way now and a lot of clubs across the country like it we've got something called the 7-Up Challenge which is regardless of games leagues whatever whatever it is if you go and, and you don't score an eight um and you get a seven the person whose eighth ball doesn't count goes into the seven up club and they get a can of seven up and i've just put uh, off the back of that i've decided for every guest that we come on i'm going to have a little bit of a seven up questions which is seven questions i'm going to ask now. you now which Quite off the cuff, so you don't have to really think about them too much. But just give us your answers. So we'll start with the first one, which is favorite grain, indoor or outdoor. Favorite grain, indoor.
2: Um, Can be either. Can be indoor or outdoor. You're not to you in the area, my favourite green indoor is Durham.
0: Durham, yeah, that's fine. What balls do you use?
2: Uh, Drake's Pride Professional.
0: Does pineapple go on a pizza?
2: No. Controversial. Absolutely not. Not a vegetarian <laughs> option?
0: No. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. way. Best match you've ever played in?
2: Oh, God. Uh, best match I've ever played in? Right, Scott, I've got to say then any club final.
0: Toughest opponent, either a team or an individual? Different no oh, stop! Oh, you're right. Oh, you're, money, you're right money, there's money going over the table. <laughs> Twenty pound. We agreed more than that. That's what you've got written down here. So <laughs> Fish and chips, Chinese or Indian? Indian. Future ambition in the sport?
2: Uh, absolutely, win the Denny Cup this year.
0: Fantastic. That's my
2: first primary ambition.
0: And that's my seven up questions.
2: Can I just say one thing, one on. thing I haven't mentioned. We've got, what we do is, because we've talked about the players in the squads, but the members of the club really support the team and the squads, the players. Absolutely. We've got a Facebook group, which has got every member involved in the club can, can be added to it. We've got most of the members in there, and we post, if we win, we post the results. If we lose, we post the results. Everybody knows what's going on within the club, and the members react to that and get involved with it. And I just think that Brilliant. helps Brilliant. us to keep everybody together in. In the club, yeah, and they're all interested. We even, I mean, we we've got a board uh, for forthcoming events, and we stopped using it um, for a week, and uh, I got complaints that we weren't telling people when we were playing, when there was national events on, which is
0: great. And that's what that that is one thing that we've built over the last year. And I did that in my team speech prior to the final last year, didn't I? And I said, this is not just about us as a team anymore. This is about you know the future of actually building the club again. Because yeah. 20 years ago, I remember coming into this club, and you couldn't move in there on a Saturday night or a Sunday night because it was just jam packed. And we know we know times have changed, and people do different things. but I do feel that we are starting to build A club again which is basically people want to come and watch the team there was a lot of people coming and watching yesterday which is great and, and I try as much as I possibly can I've always been a sort of quite avid with this is I always try my best to thank everybody who turn up whether it be making the cups of tea and so I'm just supporting the team yeah. the reserves because they're your bread and butter you know people sometimes forget about the fact they want to pick the best team and the best teams out there doing the job but at the same time there is always a time when some of those players aren't available and you've got to fall back on those people who are supporting the team yeah. and if you forget about them it's quite easy to lose them Absolutely. completely Yeah. Um. and you know whether I have to be going to another the club, or, or, or whatever, and I think that is one thing we've done really well to keep that harmony because we tend not to try and you know, don't yeah. forget about those players, and we, we don't forget to mention this is just a squad, not just a team. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you everybody's on that. Everybody's
2: included in this, you know, everybody's important in the club. Yes, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You know, the casual, we've got a lot of casual bowlers, they're really important to the club because they're in every day. The greens are full during the day, so they're very important to the club.
0: So fantastic, well, that's about yeah. it, it? Yeah, thank you very much, Ian. I really appreciate well, you coming Thanks along for, uh, for our first.
2: First, guest? thank you for coming on, mate. I know from when, we uh, got, when we've got 24
0: million it. listeners and we are winning awards left, right, and center. You will always know you were the first it, one on the show. Kreb, watch out, <laughs> Freddie Flintoff.
1: You watch out.
0: Might be on a question of sport one day who was on the wrong bias first ever podcast? Yeah, never
1: go. Honestly,
0: yeah, Lionel, yeah. Lionel Perez. <laughs> pleasure, my
1: show. pleasure. Thank you very much, for Cheers, thank you
0: so right competition time then. so we will again thanks to alex marshall sports alex who is the um distributor for aero bowls um they have just brought out some new tops a new range of aero tartan shirts one of which is burgundy one of which is black for the men and there's a purple one for the women and basically added on to um some designs that were that were brought out recently and i, and I did see a lot of people wearing them at the national championships in in air and in leamington spa so we've got a question um and for the answers for this, you can do one of three ways. You can either place the comment on the Wrong Bias Facebook page. You can either... The only problem with doing that is you're going to give the answer away to everybody else. So hey. I would certainly think about doing it by email, which is wrong.bias at hotmail.com. Or if you're not bothered and you're seeing everybody else comment, there is also our Twitter page, which is at wrongbias number one. And that is just the number, not number one, as in letters. So the question for the competition is... In 1992, Alex won gold in the men's pairs and fours and the team event at the World Championships. What I want to know is, what was the venue? If you can send us that with your name attached... We will look at all of the answers. Everybody who gets that answer right, we will do a fair draw and we will announce the winner on the next show. Once we announce the winner, we will get the details and we will send you your size in the colour of your choice. And that is courtesy of Alex Marshall Sports. So thank you very much for that.
1: By the way, them shirts are available in big map sizes. 6XL. Come on!
0: A little bit tight on me then. I'll
1: squeeze into a medium.
0: (laughs) As Richie is the guru with regards to uh, the Bulls reports, I thought there was a, a, an opportunity here which uh, we're going to call Richie's Roundup and give Richie his little bit of space to, to give us some updates of the local and national competitions.
1: Right, cheers, Dave, Matt. um Denny Cup news The Vipers beat Durham 96 69 and will now take on Hartley Poole, who turned over Stanley 75 56. Um, there was a thriller Gateshead and Darlington with Gateshead getting on by a single shot, and West Denton beat Horton by 12. But the less said, the better. You know, I've played West Denton twice, and I've conceded 64 shots in two You're doing well, mate. You're doing well. Unbelievable, mate. (laughs) Um, The Etten, running alongside the Denny. Um, Locally, again, the Vipers... And beat West Denton by 36 and they will play Cumbria next, who beat Darlington by 43. There was a little bit of a surprise that Aycliffe beat Hartlepool before and they'll beat they will face Durham. Who beat Horton? And um, just for the record, there's been—I don't know whether the alarm bell should be ringing—but there's been 15 walkovers between the Yetting and the Denny. The Liberty was the, was last week as well. And um, Durham played Yorkshire at Durham. An understrength probably Yorkshire team. Durham cruised 48 shots, um, but I think they'll need to be at the best to beat Link- a young Lincolnshire side. Possibly. Do you reckon, mate?
0: Yeah, definitely. We had a we've had a couple of battles with Lincolnshire over the last couple of years. I think it's uh, it's ones a piece over the last two years. So.
1: There will be no repeat of last year's final. Last year's final, Berkshire went out, they actually got beat by Hampshire be one. Last year they beat Hampshire be 42. So I don't know what went wrong there. Yeah, big turnaround. Yeah. 12 times Liberty winners, mate. Yep, we've only got one Middleton. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, it's been one of the uh, head-scratching situations I, I wrote about recently, and it's, um, it's a really tough one. I know we're looking at two completely different as of bowling I mean outdoors and indoors is- the format's exactly the same but we all know that the, the outdoor grains are a lot trickier and you know, you don't you don't necessarily get the best bowlers performing uh, to the way they can on the outdoor greens um, who play indoors. But um, it's a one we've got to get over. And I, I, and I do feel, and I, and I have felt this for a while, Durham are starting to build something in the Milton Cup. We've got you know a lot of the younger lads who who actually play within the South Shields team as well as starting to play outdoors. And hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll start to improve. Whether we ever come anywhere near to, to matching the indoor Liberty yeah. team is. Is a big question. I can't see it ever happening. No, I um, think it's just
1: the, just the greens, isn't it, really? The, the, the players are more comfortable on a quicker yeah. surface.
0: I, to be honest with you, I find it, it's a bit of a culture shock for, for our lads in Durham. I mean, we found that when we went up to Wigton this year in Cumbria, we played them in the Middleton Cup. And Wigton's greens are pretty much sort of what you would expect to find down at the national finals. They're a lot quicker, they're a lot firmer. Flat and our lads are so used because of because of the primarily the standard in our area in our county they're just used to going onto grains and giving it three or four balls of grain and, and chucking as hard as they like and it's you know the grains aren't particularly brilliant um, and I think it's a bit of a culture shock for our lads when we hit some of those grains so um, whilst I'm on that as well just to, I wanted to just say well done to Louis Rideout and Sophie Tolchard who have just been out in Australia or still out there at the moment, um, being, they've been playing in what are classes, that is the world champion of champions out in Australia basically you've got to win your national title to get there so you're not just getting there on an invite or anything like that, you've actually proved yourself in your own country, you go out and you compete against all the champions of the other countries and the, the two of them have just um, secured bronze medals uh, which is a great Achievement, Tremendous. no easy, no easy task. I think they no. both potentially. I think, I think Sophie hit the New Zealand girl in the semi-final. Don't know how but hit New Zealand or Australia out there on the Australian grains you've got a battle before you've even started because it's just a culture shock. Well, and I, I think they're
1: both, didn't they? Australia won the.
0: Australia, yeah, both on tiebreaks, yeah. yeah. Um, Louis Louis lost to the Australian. I think Louis was really unlucky not to guarantee himself a final berth straight away. I think he lost out in the in the group stages by a, I think a set. He won um, all of his games bar one. I think the same as uh, Stuart Hagen I think from Scotland. Scotland. Oh, Mar- Mark Higgin. Mark Higgin. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mark O'Hagan from Scotland and lost out on one set. They both only lost one game, so that's the difference between bronze and you know right. guaranteeing yourself. A- and we've
1: had a couple of. Rich- Simon Smith, Tony Alcock.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I read that the other day, that was a that was a big shock. Chief Board's um, executive at Board's yeah.
1: England, being a, the figurehead of the sport for well, since I've been playing, anyway, took <laughs> over the the mantle of David Bryant when I started.
0: Absolutely. And the the one thing about <laughs> I always laugh about with Tony is you talk to people who know nothing about the sport, and you've got a man in Alex Marshall who's won everything you could possibly want to win in the game recently, and you know he's he's the most decorated scottish commonwealth athlete of all time but yet when you talk to people who don't know about the sport who's the two names that they always say Oh, is that that thing that uh david bryant with the, the, pipe, guy, and, uh, the pipe walks and what is it uh Alcock. that's yeah. the one it's just synonymous of how big they were in their era yeah. um and tony's obviously continued to work within the sport for a lot of years and is um, i think he's chairman of the crufts, crufts yeah, yeah he's, so I, he's, he's
1: what he's does a lot of crufts, yeah. yeah so. I, I, I remember him, uh, I went to watch the Scotland series at Presswick when I was a kid and Tony Alcock got the end ring so all the Scots supporters obviously gathered around both sides of this st- and I'll tell you what, if, you, if ever you wanted to see an exhibition of how to handle the crowd, not let them affect it, Tony Alcock was absolutely magnificent, mate. Yeah. He never flattered. He just got on, with, he got pelters, all good-natured banter for the first 10, 12 ends when the wolves seek, but I tell you what, mate, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch him, and the crowd actually shook his hand and, and clapped him off at the end. He yeah. was he was
0: tremendous, mate. Yeah, and that's that's why he's got the name that he has. And and I said, oh, you still see that in a lot of respects in the role that Tony's got because he's been at a, a couple of the major championships that I've been that I've been to recently, and he, he just he doesn't care. He just does not care what people think about him, and what people say. He will basically back his players to the mm-hmm. hilt, and you know it's it's just it's nice to see you, you get full support from tony when you're playing in these competitions the atlantic championships was an example recently he was just fully behind all of his england players and he helped the help the girls um to a, to a gold medal he was actually looking after them and it was just you could just see the, the feeding off his experience um so yeah so a, a loss a loss to the sport definitely i'm sure he'd still be inv- involved in some capacity but um and the other retiree is uh, karen murphy australia yeah yeah've um i've only I've only met Karen on a, a couple of occasions I played against her in a when I was out playing in a test series in Australia we played oh I can't remember what it was but it's a, it's a televised event out there and played against her she is just phenomenal what she's achieved in the sport for women yeah. and she's just got something about her that's just an aura and in Australia she is seen as like you know a major sporting personality yeah. and you could go out on the street and you would ask anybody about any English woman bowler in this country or Scottish or Welsh nobody wouldn't I, I would be gobsmacked if anybody could name one yeah. but you would go out in Australia and you'd mention Karen Murphy out in the streets and it's like they would know exactly what she's all about yeah. and that's and that's the big step that Australia have taken over the years well I
1: think that's that's it for the first show mate that's been been a pleasure enjoyed it
0: well, I hope, like I say, we hope everybody else is, and we hope going forward that people do want to get involved. This is an opportunity to give your club a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a shout out. And basically, if there's anything you want to promote, it could be open days, it could be competitions, whatever it is, please feel free to contact us. Because, you know, for all this is all about getting balls out there. There's an opportunity there for people to be able to, you know, make people aware of what you've got going on. Um, and that, for me, is is massively needed in this sport. Um, we want to try and push it forward and we want to try and help clubs as much as possible and if there's any individuals out there who see themselves as a potential guest for whatever reason, please also drop us an email on the email we will provide and any pictures, and for the tartan top tops you will see pictures on our, on our Facebook page and our Twitter page so you will see what they're like um, and yeah, yeah, like I say I've really enjoyed it hopefully people will out there as well no doubt it will, it will get a lot easier for us and we will add different things as we go along as well Thank you for listening and hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been a Dodgy production.